You are listening to The Star Coach Show with Meg Rentschler, episode 157. When I'm not sitting there wanting to kind of prove my value to my client and just like taking that off the table, it's kind of the circular thing that happens when I can be more present. My confidence grows because I see my client responding to that. And when you see this magical thing happening in front of you, that's great change in your client, then you're going, wow, this is really working. And rather than needing to kind of keep reinforcing that myself that, oh, I'm creating value here, or I'm bringing value to this partnership, it's just there because you see it, right? You don't have to reinforce that. Welcome to Star Coaches, the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies, tools, and resources. Whatever your focus or niche, take a front seat weekly as industry leaders, decision makers, and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching. Now join your host, Meg Rinchler, as she connects you with your star coaching potential. Well, hello and welcome to the Star Coach Show. I'm your host, Meg Rentschler. I'm delighted that you're with us today. We have a great show for you. As you know, each and every week, we explore something to do with professional coaching, whether it's something to build your business, strengthen your skills, a tool or a resource that is available for you to use in your business. Some of my favorite shows over time have been those that focus on coaching competencies and give us some insights into those. We've had shows on active listening, creating awareness, establishing a clear coaching agreement, direct communication, and so many more. Well, this week, we're going to continue in that tradition by introducing you to Diane Ingram, Diane is a professional certified Success Unlimited Network Coach, and the acronym for that is SUN. So she is a SUN coach and a SUN trainer. She's credentialed through the ICF at PCC level of mastery and is coming to us today to talk about the power of coaching presence. Now, Diane is so skilled at helping us see through that lens of coaching presence. And she's also going to work with us around our spirituality as a coach and how we can be grounded and centered to show up in our best way in the coaching partnership. Diane has a degree in psychology and human development As you will tell in the interview, she is absolutely passionate about human potential, about the process of coaching. She is recognized as a top corporate trainer. She has been an entrepreneur for over 30 years and therefore has had the opportunity to lead multiple teams of people to inspired leadership in their work. Diane is also the author of hundreds of articles and several books. And she's a student of the diamond approach, which fosters personal development through methods of meditation, self-inquiry, and present moment awareness. Now, one of the treats in today's interview is that Diane 
leads us in a grounding exercise that is really powerful. So if you're listening to this interview while you're driving or walking the dog or at the gym exercising, certainly continue to listen. Just be aware that you might want to re-listen to the last five minutes of the interview to do this centering exercise when you can close your eyes and really visualize the experience and get very centered. So it's a gift that Diane has given us at the end of the interview. I encourage you to fully experience that. And now that I've laid the stage for all the wonderful that she's going to provide for us in our interview, let's go to the interview with Diane Ingram. Diane Ingram, welcome to the Star Coach Show. It is so lovely to have you with us today. Thank you so much, Meg. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, we were talking about all the things that we love about coaching and your specialty, which is really helping coaches understand the power of presence, the way that we show up in our coaching partnerships. And we decided that the coaching presence competency is such an important competency and in my opinion, somewhat misunderstood at times. I think that the coaches sometimes have a hard time figuring out what is coaching presence and how do I show up? So we thought we would do a deep dive into that today. So tell me as we get going, what is it that motivated you or led you into working with coaches and helping them strengthen their skills? I just love spreading the, the ability to listen to someone more deeply, to be present with people more deeply and in order to impact transformation in people's lives. And the more I work with coaches, clients, whoever I'm sitting with, I realize the power of presence is kind of the, the way in to really connect more deeply on a deeper level with whoever I'm interacting with. Which is such an important thing. Yeah, we talk as coaches about the way that we engage with clients. But in fact, to your point, the way that we engage with anyone, we can bring that gift of presence to them. And when we talk about the competency of presence, what is it in your perspective? How does that presence show up? So I actually have the competency right here. So if you don't mind, I just like to refer to it. Yes, I think that that's key. Yeah, so it says that, Coaching presence is the ability to be fully conscious and create a spontaneous relationship with the client, employing a style that is open, flexible, and confident. And so, as I said a minute ago, like for me, coaching presence is the way in to connect more deeply with, in this case, my client. Mm -hmm. And when I am able to be as totally present as I can be, I'm able to pick up all kinds of nuances in that partnership that I'm establishing. And a few things about that. Being able to be totally present is a skill to cultivate. We don't necessarily just say, okay, I'm going to do this and here it is. For me, it means being able to show up with my mind open and receptive and calm and not thinking about what I'm having for dinner or the last client or being reactive to what my my client is saying, but to be able to just be mentally open to what I'm receiving in my head center. 
And then in my heart center, to be open, compassionate, really to connect to that human being that I'm sitting with. And then in my belly center, to be settled, relaxed, and grounded. So that whatever shows up between us, I can be responsive. I can dance in that moment, which is some of the language that's actually in the competency to be able to dance in the moment. That's beautiful. Diane, how do you set the stage? How do you get prepared to be fully present as you are engaging in a coaching session? So I would say I've been preparing for a long time just in my life. I meditate every morning and that helps me to relax and kind of drop a little bit more out of the personality arena of myself and more into the larger, wholer picture of who I am. And so the more I do that on a regular basis, then when I'm with people, I'm able to be in that larger space and receive them in the same way. So it doesn't require a whole lot of right before the meeting preparation. It requires me to just kind of land there with them, look at their, you know, at their eyes and kind of take in their whole being and really, like I said, have this empty head, open heart and grounded belly. And there's so much information that's available when I'm able to do that with a client. What kinds of information do you find that you tap into when you're in that grounded, focused, present state? So they say that about 10% of our communication is words. And oftentimes as a new coach, we're listening for what the client's saying. And we're sometimes thinking, how do I want to respond? What's the most effective way? And, you know, when you're starting out, That's great. The more you are able to focus on being present and open to what's happening with the client, you can take in that other 90% of information that's coming from your client. What is that information? Well, it's all the body language and facial expressions and nuances in their voice. I mean, in our face alone, it's where are their eyes going? You know, are they putting their eyes down as a kinesthetic often does? Are they moving their eyes sideways as an auditory person often does? Or are they looking up as a visual person often does? So that's one of the pieces of information. Are they telling me that everything's fine and they've got this kind of scrunched up face? A grimace or yes, discomfort. Yeah. Yeah. Are they talking about something that they want to move forward powerfully in, but they're kind of slumped over or their hands are kind of nervously moving, or I was working with a client last week and she was talking about how this gets in the way. And so I said, what is this? You know, this is the voice that's kind of chattering at me that I'm not doing a good job. And so I said to her, what if you move this over to here, out of the frame? And And as she's moving her hand away, for those of you who can't see, yes. Yes. Yes, I'm moving my hand away. And it caused a whole shift because we weren't talking about what she was saying. We were actually working with her physicality that she's doing. And she realized, ah, if I move that chattering hand away, in comes acceptance. So- That's a beautiful example. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. Yeah. 
So often I get asked the question, how can we effectively tune into a client's nonverbals if we're doing telephone coaching? And sometimes it's necessary to do telephone coaching, or sometimes that's just the, the way that it happens in a situation. So what advice would you give for somebody who is connecting with their client over the phone and maybe doesn't have those visual clues, but still wants to tap into presence? Yes. Great question. So there is so much information in the voice. Yeah. It's pitch. If I start talking like this, then maybe there's some nervous thing going on. There's pace. If I start talking really rapidly because I'm getting really excited or I'm feeling really disconnected from myself, right? If I'm kind of going like this, that's telling me something as the coach. If I hear that from the client intensity, you know, I'm being very intense right now. What is that telling you? Mm -hmm. So there's so many things. So it's pitch, tone, timbre, intent, speed, um, Mm -hmm. just all those things. And And how they match with what's being said. So one of the things that you said earlier was the discrepancy between seeing something on your client's face and hearing something different from their words. We can do that over the phone as well. Does the pace match the words? Does the intonation make sense with what they're saying? All those can give us clues as well to help the client's awareness. Very much so. And in some ways, I find phone coaching easier to kind of get a little deeper because the visual is not distracting. And I would yeah. I would concur with with that. Yeah. And I've had clients who much prefer they've they've tried face to face, they've tried video and they're you know, I really enjoy phone coaching. Can we do phone coaching? So everybody's going to be different and and I think that's part of that partnership of meeting them where they're at as well and being able to bring our best to whatever platform they need us to meet them in. Yes. And in my early days, when I was in training, part of our training is to have the experience of being the client. And I did some phone coaching with my trainer. And I remember, wow, there's an intimacy here that, you know, is possible face-to-face and or on Zoom or Mm -hmm. on video conferencing. But there is something about tuning in to all those nuanced vocal pieces that you can pick up a lot of good information. So good. Such good stuff. So when we talk about coaching presence and we think about the PCC markers that have now been um, presented for each one of the competencies, the concept of coaching to the whole person and -hmm. not just to the situation is a key element of presence. And I'm just wondering what your thoughts are regarding helping people get clearer about how they show up in the session with that duty, really, with, the, with that intention? So often clients come to coaching because they have a what, right? They have a, what should I do here? What should I do in this certain circumstance? And to me, the potential for nice high-level coaching is to use the what as the situation, the scenario, even the metaphor for how are they showing up and who are they as they show up. So as we become more present with who they are, how they're talking about a particular situation, we can ask questions that are more like, who are you when you're responding in this way? You know, how do you want to show up in this particular situation? What do you need to do 
to move towards being that person who shows up in that way. And all those questions address the situation, but they also address the larger life of the client. Exactly. Oh, so much so. Yeah, they learn so much about who they are. And when you capture that learning, they can use that in any part of their life. If you're focused on that element and how the client is viewing the situation, what's important for them, how they want to be, then you are so much less likely to get into a place of, let me get in there and problem solve for you. Right. Let, let me, me get in there that. and tell you, have you thought about this? Could right. you do this? Right. But in fact, you're giving them new perspective and expanding their thinking in such a way that it doesn't just impact this particular situation. It impacts their life. It's so powerful. It is. And if you do role play and kind of do it now type work with them, then they get to experience themselves as that larger, more possible potential. So when we think about our coaching presence and partnering with our clients to be the best that they can be in the session as well, what are some other things that we can cultivate within ourselves to really own that presence. And I look at it as sort of our, our responsibility in the partnership. You're talking about cultivating within ourselves? Yeah, within ourselves as coaches. Yeah. So once again, I go back to, I think there's work that we do ongoingly as coaches. We don't just show up to the meeting, kind of do our best with the competencies and see what happens. You know, The beauty of being a coach is it's not just a coach during those meeting hours. It's a, it's a coach 24 seven, right? Mm -hmm. And so being able to develop those skills means taking your own personal development seriously as in, and bringing in spiritual development as in daily meditation, processing some of your historical issues or current issues that might cloud your thinking uh, that might just muddy the waters for you that get in the way of you being totally present. Having a clear heart, really working with those emotional issues that keep us stirred up and kind of unsettled. When we're working consistently and in a deep way on our own self-development, we're there. You know, we can show up and it's like, okay, I'm over here somewhere. I mean, I'm with you, but Mm -hmm. all my stuff is minimized because I've been working on it and I can be more fully here with you now. It's, it seems so simple in some ways, but it's so profound when you can do that. Well, and it's also intentional. I mean, it seems easy sort of conceptually. And yet, what are we doing intentionally to be sure that we're not so invested in bringing this client value because it means to my ego that I'm going to be the best coach for you that I get in the middle of our coaching. Exactly. You know, Meg doesn't need to be in the middle of Diane and Meg if Diane's my client. It's, It's about Diane. It's not about Meg. Yet, I need to do work in, in, about my balance, my, my, how I'm kind of showing up day to day, exactly what I'm, what you've been saying. You do a lot of work around spirituality and coaching. What, how else does that show up for you? And, and what other sort of kinds of things are you doing in that space of spirituality mm-hmm. and coaching? Mm-hmm. 
what you were just saying, it changes the who of who we are when we show up, when we're doing all this personal development, clearing the space for us to be with clients. One of the things that is part of coaching presence is that when I'm not sitting there wanting to kind of prove my value to my client and just like taking that off the table, it's kind of the circular thing that happens when I can be more present. My confidence grows because I see my client responding to that. And when you see this magical thing happening in front of you, that's great change in your client, then you're going, wow, this is really working. And rather than needing to kind of keep reinforcing that myself that, oh, I'm creating value here, or I'm bringing value to this partnership, it's just there because you see it, right? You don't have to reinforce that. When I'm able to be really present with the client and be present in the moment, spirit speaks through me. And I find myself saying things and noticing things that sometimes I I say, where did that come from? And of course, I know where that came from. That's because I'm open and present. There is another force that's working through me that's raising the level of our conversation. And it often is something that's not only really valuable for the client, but also valuable for me to hear. Right. Yeah. And at the same time, we have that sense a bit like using intuition in our coaching and allowing another force to speak through us. So talk about how you, how you present that which is being offered through you in a session in such a way that it honors the client and yet allows you to share that which is valuable that's coming through. If that Right. Yes, mm-hmm. I get your question. Yes. So a couple different ways. Sometimes it just comes out of my mouth as a powerful question, mm-hmm. you know, and it'll just come out. And once again, I'll be like, whoa, that was, yeah, where did that come from? <laughs> and sometimes, oftentimes, when the client's talking, I get these words that show up in my head or this intuitive hit, which often for me shows up as a word. And so I will say to the client, I'm hearing something and I just want to share it. I don't know if it's valuable. Is that okay? You know, I remember to ask permission and the client usually says yes. Mm -hmm. So I share it. And sometimes they say, yeah, it is kind of like that or, "Mm." but more often than not, they're like, wow, that really opens up the space. Once again, it's not me kind of sitting there thinking, what would be the best word to say right now? It's just that it comes in. And that's my intuition. That's my spiritual guidance. That's Mm -hmm. me calling in the larger consciousness that's supporting the process. I think the thing that is so important for people to hear, where it's, it's coming up for me is important for people to hear, is that that download or that presence or that awareness can't flow in if you've got your own yeah. guards up. If you're struggling or in the place of, I've got to give the perfect question. I'm yes. going to ask a question that's going to blow the top off of this conversation. Yes. Yeah. But in fact, when we can be completely connected and just curious, that's when we're more likely to be able to be a receptor to that kind of power. 
Yes. And in my new students, there's usually, when we're talking about powerful questions, there's, and even beyond that, there's a lot of focus on, I don't know what powerful questions to ask. I'm kind of preoccupied with trying to, you know, when I go in the practice sessions to think about what to ask. And I say, I want you to try to just not be concerned about that and just see what bubbles up from your belly, right? Just see, you know, as you're listening, and it might be nothing. So don't, you don't have to say anything because sometimes the most powerful thing is to do and say nothing. And what we're doing actually, once again, is holding space, holding this open present space for the client to unfold in. So I urge my students to see what bubbles up. And invariably they say, oh, it worked. Something came to me and I said it and it was really powerful. So that's always gratifying to see that, yes, that works over and over again. And to also realize that a lot of our training as coaches is not about doing, it's about being and kind of peeling back some of that doing. You don't need to be like asking the question and moving the client. You need to hold space, be present and let the client do their work, right? Which is believing that they truly, not just because we're supposed to believe it, but truly believing that our clients are whole and resourceful and creative. And sometimes we need to get out of the way so that they can be whole and resourceful and creative. It's not as we would say here in Texas, hog tying them and dragging them along. It's actually, I love just holding the space, yeah. creating that presence that they know that you're there with them. It's not that you've just abandoned them to flounder, right. but in fact, there's that trust and intimacy that there right. really is. I, I know you've got this client and let me partner with you to help you get there. And sometimes that's just by me being with you being quiet with you. Yes, exactly. Because clients do have their answers. And I was just speaking with a coach the other day who was saying she's really learning how to sit back and let the client finish their thoughts. And how often do we as human beings don't let that happen when we're listening, right? Someone's talking, we've already got the answer. And that's a habitual thing we do as human beings. And we can take it into our coaching if we're not careful. So she was saying that her, her client was talking about a candidate. She was talking about a candidate and, and the coach was thinking she was talking about someone she was hiring. And so she almost jumped in to get further clarification or to ask something, but she said, no, let me let this client finish. And as she finished, she realized the candidate was a product she was talking about in her company. And had she jumped in, she would have not only stopped her process, but she would have taken her down, you know, she was off the mark. Mm -hmm. And so there's such great value in just holding space in a very powerful way. Yeah, you can't just kind of sit there and say, okay, do your work. You know, the client can feel whether you're there with them. Right. But to let them finish their own processing can be, and then silence, allow some silence, which is where we then drop a little deeper. It's powerful. So powerful. And when you are helping your students let go of the need to do or to bring value or to make something happen. How do you help them in the, in that place of going deeper with coaching rather than just skimming across the top? So a lot of the emphasis in the training I do is about learning how to get results, getting results, but also learning how to, so that it's, you know, 
people come to you with issues, but are they learning how they're going to get there? Are they able to apply that? So that's part of it. And the other piece is as I urge them to really sit back, be curious, hold space, have silence, then they experience in their practices in the groups that I lead, the small groups. I say to the client they just worked with, how was that for you? Oh, when she gave me the chance to finish my thought, when she was quiet, I realized something else came up. So there's the proof right Mm -hmm. there, how powerful it can be. So they're getting in the moment evidence that by holding the space, stepping back, really being there for the client in a whole different way, it creates this profound change in the client. What you say there, I've seen happen over and over again in that when coaches realize that the process really works, when they trust enough to honor the client, to honor the process, and they begin to see the results, which you were talking about earlier, when we can have those, oh my gosh, it works, then that's when I find that coaches begin to really kind of own their spaces as coaches in feeling comfortable enough to not feel pushed into bringing value. It doesn't matter how often as instructors we say trust and and allow the process. It's when they start to have that experience that that reinforces it. And to me, that's one of the most exciting things to see when it's like, oh my gosh, it really does work. And yeah. I had the most incredible coaching situation. And then I think, so once we begin to experience that, I think we're that much more likely to give space to that and then allow the growth. And, and to me, that's just such a heartwarming uh, time. Yeah, it, that's where transformation takes place is in the being. We're kind of obsessed with doing in our culture. And as coaches, we can approach it like, I want, you know, what are you doing? You know, how can you get there? You know, there's some value in that. We need to address some of that. But the larger question is, who are you being in your life? You know, is that bringing satisfaction and fulfillment in these various doings that you're doing? But, you know, addressing the being is just such a larger piece. And when clients experience a shift in that, a shift in who they recognize they are, that's transformation. Oh, gosh, that's so good, Diane. That's just beautiful. And I'm wondering if if it'd be okay if we shifted just a little bit for a second. And as we're getting close to the end of our time, I'm wondering if you would be willing to share a couple practices that the audience might consider in either daily practices, different ways that they can become more centered themselves so that they show up in in an ongoing way with presence and centered spirituality that they might play with as as they in their continued growth i would love to one of the things that i urge people to do clients uh, coaches students people in my life is to first and foremost ground yourself you know we live in a culture where we're kind of spinning around in our heads Our educational system supports all that. Our work is all about being quick and, you know, knowledge. But we kind of sometimes cut ourselves off from here. So a really powerful, simple thing to do is to just ground yourself. And so you can put your feet on the floor. 
You can visualize if you so choose tree roots coming out the bottom of your feet, through the floor, into the earth. And we can actually do that in this moment. And if you feel comfortable closing your eyes, you visualize these tree roots coming out the bottom of your feet. And as you take some nice deep breaths, you send that breath down your body, down your legs, out the bottom of your feet. And what you're doing is you're bringing nourishment to those tree roots that are winding deeper and deeper and deeper into the earth. And those tree roots are going around obstacles like big rocks, small rocks, other tree roots. And in fact, those obstacles help keep us planted, which is kind of interesting. And then you can visualize the dark, rich soil and moisture and nutrients vitalizing those tree roots and feel fully planted in this moment on the earth, in the present moment. If you want, you can, with more breath, bring that breath up to your belly, put your hands on your belly, and just notice what's going on there. You're giving lots of space in your belly. There's no changing it. There's no wanting to fix it. It's just kind of noticing what's there right now. It's all okay. Bringing with your next breath up to your heart. Once again, lots of space with the breath. Whatever is going on there is fine for the moment right now as it is. And then with the next breath, up to your head. Opening your head with your breath. Accepting that whatever is going on there, you don't need to attach to it or think about it. Just let it all be there. And now, with your breath, you can open up the top of your head to the larger consciousness. And then the next few breaths, bring that breath down through the top of your head, through your head, your heart, your belly, out the bottom of your feet and feel planted. And then up through your feet, your belly, your heart, your head, and connect to the larger consciousness. And now you are completely open channel that is available to be present and connected with yourself and to bring that with whoever you are interacting with, be it professionally with a client, personally with another human being, whatever it is, or an event in your life, whatever's going on, you are now present in a full capacity to respond from the whole being that you are. When you feel comfortable and right now, you can open your eyes. And there you go. That was such a beautiful way to end the interview. I feel completely grounded. Um, Those of you who are listening, bless you all. And thank you, Diane, for bringing your special expertise to us. It has been such a joy to spend time with you. And you too, Meg. Thank you so much.
So now you're coming into the close all relaxed and centered and focused. I want to thank Diane Ingram for sharing her experiences with us on the Star Coach Show. If you'd like to know more about Diane, go to starcoachshow.com and access the show notes at episode 157. So as we close out the show today, I want to thank several of you who responded to my inquiry in my weekly newsletter last week when I asked, what can I do to make it easier for you if you're so inclined to leave a rate and review at Apple Podcasts? It is through those rates and reviews that the show is able to be seen by more people and attract more guests. So I was perplexed about how to do that. And I got some feedback from different listeners. And Sue recommended that I ask you, wherever you're listening right now, if you're not at a place where you can open your phone to leave a review or be at your laptop to leave a review, and you're thinking that you might forget, could you make yourself a note to remember to leave a review? So Sue's input was that she would love to leave a review, but she listens while she's out and about. And then when she's at a place where she can actually leave a review, she forgets to do so. So I promised that I would make the ask and we'll see what happens. If you're enjoying the show, please leave a rate and review. The link is at starcoachshow.com at the bottom. It says leave a review. That would be so helpful. And if you are somewhere where you can't do that right now, what do you need to do to remember to be able to do it when you have the opportunity? So thanks for the tip, Sue. We'll see how that goes. And I want to encourage all of you to come back next week as we explore the day before Halloween, the scary asks that we sometimes face. So whether it's asking a client to be our client or asking for payment or asking for a testimonial, those asks that sometimes freeze us in our tracks. So the day before Halloween, the next show comes out and I thought I would do a spooky title and content. So I can't wait to share that with you next week. Until then, this is Meg Rentschler wishing you the very best for your coaching success. Have a wonderful week.